you know, last Sunday church was uh, what officially uh, the world calls, or the church, Christian church, calls Pentecost Sunday. And um, Pentecost Sunday, yeah, there he is. He's the handsome one. There you go. Give the wave. Great. Uh, Pentecost Sunday is, um, is the, uh, where, what are we talking about? Pentecost Sunday. Pentecost Sunday is, of course, uh, what we uh, remember because it was 50 days. Pentecost means 50, and Pentecost was 50 days from Easter. So when Jesus, his resurrection, 50 days from Jesus' resurrection is when Pentecost happened. The Jewish, in the Jewish calendar, it's very important, um, not only Easter, which they call Passover, which we call Easter, uh, but also Pentecost, because it just it was an opportunity to have a festival and thank God for many things He'd done. But one of the wonderful things about Pentecost back in Jesus's day, um, after He had, of course, um, been death and resurrection, we see that uh, Jesus then, uh, of course, said to the disciples some things. And I want to read it to you this morning, uh, Acts chapter one, verse four and five, and it says this. So, so what we're doing is we're just finishing off a little series today on the Holy Spirit, okay? This is the second of the series. We'll finish it today. But Acts chapter 1, verse 4 and 5, it says, Being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem. This, just to give us the context of this, Acts, it was written by Luke, who was a doctor, and now Luke is writing this in, 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 in the future, but remembering what Jesus had said when he was here. So he's writing it, remembering what Jesus said. So he said, being assembled together, he commanded them not to depart. Who was this? Jesus commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. Okay. For John, and you might say, what's the promise? Well, John surely baptized with water, but you'll be baptized with the what? Holy Spirit. Not many days from now. And so the promise by Jesus himself before he left this earth, Jesus left on day 40 after Easter. That the Holy Spirit came on day 50. And so when it says, how many, you know, not many days from now, actually that was 10. So they're in this second story of a building in Jerusalem, and they were waiting for what Jesus had promised. And that was the, uh, the infilling of the Holy Spirit, or the Holy Spirit coming upon them. Okay, so we see now Jesus has gone, and the Holy Spirit has come. And now Peter... Uh, in this festival time, stands up because a crowd had gathered. When the Holy Spirit was poured out, they, they, um, there was a little bit of commotion and people were attracted to it. And so, what's happening here? What's happening? You know, and, and obviously, there was something very different happening in Jerusalem. And so, there was a whole crowd had gathered because a lot of people had come for the festival anyway. So, Peter stood up and he, and he started to share with them. And he said this in Acts chapter 2, 38, 38 to 41. And then Peter said to them, Come on, repent, and every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So Peter's now only just received it, and now he's talking about other people receiving it. For the promise is to you and to your children, and to all who are far off, for as many as the Lord our God will call. Isn't that good news? Who is the far off? Us. I'm glad the scripture said you know, it's not only to you folk there, who Peter was talking to at the time. It's not only for you folk, but it's not only for you and your children, but it's actually for a far off. I'm glad a far off extends to 2000 and, um, you know, 2021. Amen. It extends all the way to today because the promise is there. It says, for as many as he testified and, 
And with many others' words, he testified and exalted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation, that those who gladly receive his word were baptized, you know, baptized. And that day, about 3,000 souls were added to them. Isn't this interesting? What started with 120 believers in Jesus in an upper room, somewhere on the second floor in a house in Jerusalem, about 120, Mary was there, the mother of Jesus, James, the brother, the literal brother of Jesus, other brothers were there, and about, um, it was a whole bunch of disciples, about 120, the scripture says. That 120 is now, within a couple hours, turned into over 3,000. That's growth, isn't it? So something happened in there. What happened? What was happening? Well, what was happening, the power of God's presence came into that room or into Jerusalem that day through the Holy Spirit and the people had been changed. Something had happened in their lives. There was all types of good things happening. And that, you know, I believe that that moment when the Holy Spirit came, people became bolder, more confident. They'd gone from fear to faith because, you know, you've got to remember the Jewish people lived under the Roman tyranny and the Romans were um, quite oppressive at that time, ruling Israel. And so they, while the Jewish people were looking for a maybe earthly king to come and take back their kingdom, get rid, kick the Romans out, that's not the way the kingdom of God was going to operate. The kingdom of God was not going to be around them. It was going to be within them through the power of the Holy Spirit. And so these people experienced such a rising level of faith. They experienced, maybe they were experiencing anxiety and now they have peace and joy because the Holy Spirit came. Um, I love the fact uh, what was happening here. And, you know, my heart and prayer that it, it, it's happened, <clears throat> it's continued to happen throughout, um, throughout the history, hasn't it? Through time, we see God pouring out His, His love and His presence. Even this morning, as we just stood and worshipped, His presence was here. That's, you know, God cannot be present here. <coughs> Actually, God Himself, but He sent the Holy Spirit to be present here, didn't He? I've got something in my throat. Would you just talk amongst yourselves again? <coughs> Thank you. I'll just I'll just take it down a couple notches. I won't get too excited, is that okay? Oh. <clears throat> You know, it's interesting, I haven't had this problem all year, and when I talk about the Holy Spirit, it's happened twice in a row now, Sunday after Sunday. Oh, what do you got? More water. Oh, thank you. If I drink any more, I'm <laughs> going to have to go somewhere else. Um, <laughs> anyway. Um, <clears throat> so, what were we talking about? Holy Spirit. So, we see, you know, that there was a vast, there was a change when the Holy Spirit was poured out in Jerusalem that day. I I had the privilege of going in February of last year. I really don't know how we fitted it in before COVID, but we did. I was on a tour with six um, about 14 other pastors, and we went into Jerusalem, and we went to this place that our tour guide took us and said, this is the touristy place where apparently the outpouring of the Holy Spirit happened in the upper room. And it looked really, it could certainly fit 120 people at least. And, it was, and, you know, and there, was a lot of pe- there was a lot of people there, and somewhere in the corner praying and sharing. And, and I said to my tour guide, I said... Um, you know, is this really the place? How, how, how sure can they be? And our tour guide, he was a born-again, beautiful Christian um, brother. And he said, he was really honest. He says, oh, I don't really know if it is. But anyway. And you know, as I started to think about it, the reality is it wasn't the, it wasn't the place that was important. 
It was what was happening in the hearts of people that was important that day. And the same thing has been happening in the hearts of people for centuries and centuries as the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit happens. And I want to talk about that and something shifts. You know, Paul actually talked about it in Romans. He said, for the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking. And that's what the Jewish people were looking for. They were looking for a, a physical kingdom to come and kick the Romans out. But the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and what joy in the Holy Spirit. See who gives the joy? See who gives the peace? Holy Ghost. Uh, and then in, Paul goes on in Romans 15. Now, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. See, God has the joy and the peace to give you when you believe in Him. But you know what? It, it, it abounds in hope to give you. But you know how it comes into our life? God cannot be present here. God's in heaven. Jesus Christ is seated with Him in heaven. But they sent the Holy Spirit. Do you know what the Holy Spirit's like? Just like God. You know what the Holy Spirit? Just like the whole Jesus. And so we see that the hope and the power comes through the Holy Spirit. So what happens in our lives when we have the Holy Spirit? What happens? And when we have the Holy Spirit in our lives. Well, I want to tell you, we live in a world that today we need more than just our own good thoughts. We, we, we live in a world where we need just more than our intuition and just our intelligence. And I praise God for all of those things in our life. Because, you know, I see a world that's, uh, that's slowly, dec um, you know, uh, things aren't good. And I know that, you know, I, I'm not being negative about the world. I think there's a, I, I live and I, I continually see the good things to be thankful for in this world. But the reality is one person every day does away with their own life in this, in this nation. Probably even a little bit more than that every day. And I think there must be something not going right for a person to take their own life. Because they're just, you know, there, there is obviously there's an enemy, <laughs> they call the devil. But reality is people are not confident. They're not having any hope. They feel hopeless. But I want to tell you that there is a hope and a future. And, it, we, and, and then God brought, brings that through his presence. And he says, you know what? I didn't create you to, to take your life. I created you to have life. And I love that God didn't leave us alone. He says, I've given you the Holy Spirit. So because in John 14, 16, it says, I'll pray to the Father. This is Jesus speaking. This is now John thinking back what Jesus said and writing the words of Jesus. And I pray the Father that he'll give you another helper and he may abide with you forever. I love the word helper. What's Jesus saying? Who's the helper? The Holy Spirit, if you go on to read the passage. Helper means comfort, aid, assistant. So give them, you know, what was happening was the Holy Spirit would come and give them divine strength needed to enable them to undergo their trials. Divine strength to undergo their trials. The helper was the Holy Spirit. God sent his, he sent every attribute in himself through the Holy Spirit. And, and we ask the word, the, the, it's interesting because the word another, we may say it says another, well, well who's the other? Well, Jesus is literally saying, just like myself, I'll give you another, like who? Just like me. So when the Holy Spirit in our lives, it's going to do everything that Jesus does. I mean, it'll be everything that Jesus is. What was Jesus like? He loved people. He healed people. He cared for people. He had joy, peace, kindness, humility, faith. Wonderful qualities of Jesus come through the Holy Spirit into our lives. I tell you what, I want peace and joy and hope in the future. I don't want negative curses and, you know, just struggle street. No, I want to know that. We're still going to face our trials. We're still going to face some issues. But I'm so glad I can have a peace in the midst of the storm, hey? The Holy Spirit, God's presence. 
So the word, we're thankful for that. And Jesus actually said, but you shall, there was something else. Because the Holy Spirit, um, well, he'll do what Jesus did in Jesus' absence. And the Bible calls this, um, what he did, the spiritual strength I've been talking about, power. It's a simple word, power. I love this word, power. Um, because Jesus actually said in one, chapter 1, verse 8 of Acts, but you shall receive power when the what? When the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Now, the word power is interesting because uh, if I was to give you some e examples and just to put it in some metaphoric terminology, at my house, power, electricity comes into my home in two different manifestations. I can go, uh, it comes in the form of lights. I flick a switch on the wall and the light comes on. So it provides light. It helps me to see. And that's very much what the reality of happens in your salvation. When you come to the Lord Jesus Christ and say, I accept him as my Lord and Savior. A light is turned on. Because for that to happen, a light has to be turned on in your mind and heart. And you're saying, you know what? My old way of life, I don't need it anymore. I don't need to live in that realm. I need to receive this new life. The Bible says, behold, um, I become a new creation. Uh, born again, as John chapter 3, as Jesus said to Nicodemus, the, the Pharisee. And so something, so the light in my home and the light here today represent that manifestation of God's presence or the Holy Spirit by flicking on the switch and helping you see that he, that he is the way, the truth and life. Uh, the Holy Spirit is there at our salvation. The Holy Spirit's in us at salvation. But there's another manifestation of electricity in my house. I plug a toaster in yesterday and it's in, I put this plain bread and you put it in the slots in the toaster and within a minute and a half it pops up and it's all nice and toasty. It's called power, isn't it? There's, the power goes into the elements, heats the, the bread, makes it toast. I plug an iron in to high an iron close and it's amazing, it heats the iron up. It's the power of electricity. Um, lights are the, you know, lights uh, show the way, but power does other things, it changes things. And if, if the light is a manifestation of salvation, power is a manifestation of the baptism of the Holy Spirit because things are changed when the power of the Holy Spirit touches our lives and comes into our lives. So at your salvation, is the Holy Spirit present? Absolutely. He's there in our lives. <laughs> but there's this wonderful baptism that the Bible talks about, baptism in the Holy Spirit and the power that comes into our lives as we receive his gift. It talks about the gift. Um, I love that, uh, the reality. And the word power, you'll be, many of you be well aware of the Greek word for power. It's dunamis. We don't use it all the time. We use another English word for dunamis that comes from dunamis. This word, English word is dynamite. Uh, now, the truth is not a lot of us handle dynamite. I've never handled dynamite, so we don't really... I, I think you probably your first indication or understanding of dynamite is that it's a stick with a wick on top and you light it up and you throw it and then... <laughs> that'd be right, would it? That's about what dynamite is to me. I think it was on that, that cartoon Coyote, you know, and, and Roadrunner, and, you know, he'd try and... You, you got the story, picture. I was in the Philippines in 2005, and I was traveling with our group of Christians from this church as we were supporting Pastor Margaret Pashley, who's been there for about 37 years now, um, ministering. And we were ministering in a town called um, uh, uh, MacArthur, who was named after General MacArthur, the, the American general who uh, liberated um, Philippines from the Japanese. And we were on an island called Samar, beautiful island. And we're on the east coast. It was a, MacArthur's on the coast. And it's a fishing city. 
And so I was with Pastor Margaret early one morning. We went into the um, fish market, and, um, and uh, she's buying some fish that we can you know, have for the whole group. And I'm with her, and I noticed this man with, who was there um, selling fish, and he had no hand. He just was amputated at the wrist. I thought, oh, that's a bit sad. I wonder what happened there, you know. I walk another four or five meters, and there's another man with, that he's, um, he's got no, half the arms gone. It's amputated the elbow. I thought, oh, boy. Gee, what, what, what happened to him? You know, you, those kind of people stand out. You know, I'm, I just noticed it. And then I walk another five meters, and there's one guy who's got his arm amputated right here. And so he's got three quarters of his arm, but a quarter of it's gone. His hand's gone. And so finally I said to Pastor Mark, I said, Pastor Mark, what's this go with these guys in this city? They, you know, do they have a hereditary problem and they have to amputate, you know, some disease and some sickness? And she said, no. Uh, she said, no, not at all. She says, what it is is dynamite fishing. I said, what? She said, they're all fishermen, and they use dynamite to catch the fish. I said, how do you do that? Uh, well, you know, I, could, I was kind of guessing by now, but she explained it. She says, well, what happens is they go out in their boat, they get the dynamite, they light the wick, and they throw it at just the right moment to let it go down far enough so that it just before it hits the water, it doesn't hit the water because it would blow the wick out or wet the wick, and you wouldn't be able to use it again. They just get it so far down, and it just... As it hits the water, it explodes, and that shockwave is sent through maybe a perimeter of about 10 meters, and the fish get stunned, and they just float to the surface. I thought, what a brilliant idea. It's completely illegal now in the Philippines, and they don't do it anymore. Um, but uh, in those days, in 2005, that's what they did. And, and I said, well, what's the story with the arms? How does that connect? And, you know, you can put one and one together and you get two. So fishermen would have to wait for the appropriate moment to, pr to throw it. And if they didn't throw it at the appropriate moment, guess what? It blows up, your, takes your hand off, takes your arm off. You have to get whatever's left amputated. And so there are all these men like that. And I think dynamite, and that's my description and understanding of, of the picture of dynamite. And what it does is destructive. It changes things. And I want to tell you that we don't have a dynamite or a dunamis that's destructive. It's life-giving. And it's called the presence of God through the Holy Spirit as it comes into our life. Because things get changed when we allow Him into our lives. Something explodes. And I love this word that they use. Um, it says in Acts chapter 2, 4, they're all filled with the Holy Spirit. And something powerful happened. And there was this gift. And there was an evidence of this Holy Spirit being baptism. Remember, you got, you, you've, got, you've, got, you've got the Holy Spirit salvation. And, and I tell you what, at salvation, there's a miracle happened because your sins are forgiven. No one can forgive your sins except God through Jesus Christ. And the Holy Spirit brings that. But at baptism in the Holy Spirit, there's a gift that comes. And it says in Acts chapter 2, verse 4, they're all filled with the Holy Spirit, begin to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And, I, and, and you know, I think um, it's, a pr it, it's a wonderful thing I've discovered. called It's a prayer language that between you and God. It's an opportunity to, you know, we want to draw close to Him. And there's many ways, worship, prayer. But there's the, in prayer, there's this wonderful gift He's given Him. And He gave it in this, in, at Pentecost, that first Pentecost in Jerusalem, the upper room of the speaking in tongues. That's why so many people got interested. Though, what are they doing? They're speaking in languages that we, that we don't know. And everybody else knows that language. And there's all different things happening. And, and you know, what was happening was there's some power. And the evidence of that power was the tongues that were being expressed through the, the, the Christians that day. And I've often thought, why tongues? Why, why, is the, why is the evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit got to do with our speech and our tongues? And I started to think about it because God, the truth is, um, 
there's power in your tongue. And the scripture says in, in, in actual Proverbs 28, death and life are in the power of the what? Tongue. And, and, and those who love it will eat its fruit. So if you speak, if, you, if, if you've got power and you speak maybe curses or negativity or you speak stuff, you know there's power in that. And, and the fruit that you eat will be unfortunately not good. <laughs> but if you speak life, you speak faith, it's amazing you know, what happens is you, you eat the fruit, the good fruit of it. And what's the fruit of the Holy Spirit? Love and joy and peace and self-control and kindness and meekness, humility. Wow, they're beautiful fruit. And as the Holy Spirit power comes into us, the fruit is released. Who doesn't want more of that? I want more of that. So it's because of this presence in the Holy Spirit. I, uh, I think God's instigated it that, you know, that we have this... One, the truth is that sometimes... There's times in my life I don't know how to pray or how to pray. I'm about to face something that's bigger than me and I don't know how to, how to experience that. And I just need peace and I need, some, need confidence. I need boldness. And do you know what? I've discovered this wonderful prayer language. You're able to pray and, just, and worship God and pray. And, it just, and there's something happens. There's this building, this explosion that starts to happen in your life. It's incredible. You know, and it's because of his presence involving in our life. I was just, um, I was just here in the foyer of the old church when our church was the other way around, and I was the one, I was the youth leader at the time. And I had all day I'd fasted and prayed because I was preaching the message to the youth. It was Saturday night, and um, and as I stood at the front, just literally about six, seven meters away from where I am now, um, what had happened is two weeks prior to this night, on this Saturday night, a young man had, who lived in this around the church had come and throw, he was throwing stones at the church and he smashed one of the windows. And so we, we got to talk to him and said, look, you just can't do that. But we, we actually um, uh, was able to restore him and he started to come to youth group. So two weeks on from that moment, he was coming to youth group and he was a part of it and his father came over from the house we lived just up the road here. And his father came to me. And obviously, he was still mad about something. And we'd been very tender and very loving to his son. And his son was very responsive to us. But his father was mad and had something in his mind. He was angry about life and angry. And so he came drunk. Sometimes people can only, get, only face other people when they're drunk. And he came to me and he stood and he, and he, just out here and he stood and he came and put his face, his nose literally on my nose and his fist clenched and he just wanted to fight me now I hadn't been in a fight since I was in grade 7 <laughs> and they were, they were pretty mild and mended kind of fights <laughs> but you know what, that day I'd been fasting I'd been praying in the Holy Ghost and under my breath I'm going and, I'm just, and I just felt the sense of God's presence and Holy Spirit and I just stared him down stood there like that and this man went from anger and his face just dropped and these are the words he said to me you're not scared of me are you? I said no he turned around and walked home <laughs> I had all the youth leaders around me um, and they were ready to jump on him. They didn't need to because the Holy Ghost <laughs> touched through me, touched him. And he just couldn't do anything else. I just want to say, that's, the power, I, that's not me. That's the power of the Holy Spirit working in us. 
He just gives you. And, and you know, and, and tongues can be a wonderful, you don't know what to pray, I'm scared, I've done all those things, and it's just his confidence and his enabling. I was at the Harbour Festival as a church, we built a coffee shop in a double-decker bus, and we'd park it down there, and we'd witness and share with people as they came to buy coffee and sit them inside the bus, and we had a wonderful time. And um, there was one night I was there at the bus, and um, this man had got his coffee, he was sitting in the gutter, just right there at the front of the bus. And I thought I'd sit with him. So I, I thought Jesus got down and dirty. So I thought I would as well. I sat down there with him. And I found out very quickly when he turned his head and spoke to me, he was drunk. Um, you know, you get that breath. You just, and uh, it was interesting as I started, you know what he said to me? He was angry. He was angry about life. He was angry about his family. He was angry about God, why God had done this. And you know the things he said, you know what? I'm going to punch you. And I'm like sitting this far away and I thought, far out, what do I do? So once again, I went into, God, I know you've given me the Holy Spirit. I just shut up under the breath. And this guy, the more I talked to him, the more he relaxed, the more he had peace. I shared Jesus with him. He walked away more sober than when he came, I tell you. I want to tell you, in the Bible, they misunderstood. You know, in the Bible, it actually says in the second chapter of Acts, some of the people who were looking at, the, um, at all the disciples who had been baptized in the Holy Spirit speaking in tongues, they said, they're drunk. They're drunk. Do you know what? Drunkenness and baptism in the Holy Spirit can look the same, but it's a completely different spirit. There's something, Holy Spirit comes and He empowers us. There's so many wonderful things. Did you know in Scripture here, and I'll touch on it and we'll finish with this. But it says they were baptized. Do you know what Peter said? I read to Peter, every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. What's that talking about? Peter's talking about this. He's, he's saying, you know what? Be baptized in water and be baptized in the Holy Ghost. That's what he's saying. The word baptize means literally to be dipped and fully immersed. It's like taking a garment and, and dipping it in dye so that the very, very um, the fabric of that garment is changed forever. Do you know what I'm saying? You know, tie-dyeing is coming back. You get these shirts with tie-dyeing, you know. And once you dye a garment, you can never take it back, a white garment, you can never take a white garment back to white again unless you dye it completely white, I suppose. But it's changed. The very substance of that material has changed. When it, talking about baptism, when you baptism the Holy Ghost, something gets changed. You get a stain on your life. It's a, it's a stain that you can't rub off. You can't. It's His presence. Something changes. I was uh, I was in Rockhampton doing studies, and um, and as I was uh, there, I went to a church. The person I was living with invited me to the church. I was already a Christian. I was already a believer. It was a great speaker. Enjoyed the speaker. The church was great. And afterwards, they said, anybody wanted to commit their life to Jesus Christ, would you please come forward and come and stand here? And I thought, well, I'm already a believer in the Jesus, but so I don't need to go for that. But I just, I just felt this urging that I needed more. I was sitting in these services, and it was like there was lively singing, and there was just really positive vibe and there was just all positive things and I love God and I was a Christian but I just knew there was something more and more and I, I'm sitting there like what else and so I just went out anyway and then they said not only do you need to come over here if you need to receive Jesus but why don't you come over here and, and, and we'll sit you down and we we'll just want to pray with you if you want to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit and I said that must be what it is I need that 
I didn't really know what that was. I'd read about it, but I wasn't quite sure. So I went over there, sat down, and uh, the pastor at the time just kind of everybody, he explained it to us. He was very relaxed, very natural, and then he just prayed for us. And there was some of us just took off like a top and got baptized in the Holy Spirit. And again, began to speak in this other language. I thought, wow. You know, I don't know how long I was sitting there, but when I woke, when I kind of opened my eyes and got up, everybody, the whole auditorium was empty. I must have been there an hour, and I didn't even realize it. And there was something that had happened, not only the evidence of tongues, but I got up and I just felt this love and this compassion. And I got up and I hugged the first person I saw, which was the assistant pastor at the time. Uh, he, was, uh, he reciprocated. He realized what was happening. And I'll tell you, there was just evidence and it was just powerful. It changed me forever because, folks, I used to be a shy person. I used to hide under my mother's dress. Not as an adult, as a teenager, but when I was a little boy, and that would be... That would be rather awkward, wouldn't it? <laughs> but as a little boy, I was so shy. But when at the age of 19, I not only was a, became Holy Spirit with salvation, but also the baptism, Holy Spirit. I came back to Gladstone after that time. And I went back to the church I was going to. And a girl came up to me and she said, within 24 hours, she said, something is wrong with you. I said, wrong? She said, yeah, you're different. I said, what do you mean different? She says, you just got or more confidence or something. I said, well, that's not wrong. She says, well, I suppose not, but there's something different about you. What is it? And I'm thinking, what did I do? What happened? And, oh, I said, you know what? I think it's this Holy Spirit. She says, Holy Spirit. And her eyes lit up and she says, I want some of that. Now, I didn't pray for her there and then. I probably would have been good to, but, you know... That girl went on uh, to ministry and, uh, and, and the same experience. She went to serve God in ministry and she still is, I believe, with her husband. I just want to tell you that God just wants so much to support us. This is the reason for his presence in our lives through the Holy He wants so much to support us. He wants so much to be present. We sing the song will not be alone. You know what? Even though God's in heaven, Jesus Christ is seated on the throne beside him. He sent the Holy Spirit so we wouldn't be alone. His presence. All that God is, is through his presence and through the Holy Spirit. That enabling, that strengthening. And I'm so glad. So glad. And I want, no, God wants that for all of us. And you know what? My daughter at the age of 13 woke up one morning, come, in, come out to me and Michelle in breakfast time. And she says, Mum and Dad, last night I was just singing a song. She was a bit nervous about telling us. I was just singing a song in English and I was just praising God in English. And I just felt this presence of God so much. And I began to speak in this other stupid language. And I don't know what it is. Have I done something wrong? I said, no, that's the Holy Spirit. She actually literally got baptized in the Holy Spirit while just by herself in her bed. And I think, you know what, that can happen. I was just talking to a lady in the sec after the second service. She was in a service a month ago, just seated down the back there. And as we were worshipping, this, this language, she came over me. And I didn't know, I thought, oh. she let it loose. And it was the baptism of the Holy It's just the presence of God. It's just God's presence. He just wants to be with us so we can be equipped to continue to be his. We're just going to stand in a moment. And we're going to worship one more time and finish. But I'm just going to pray for you. Would you stand and we'll just pray. Thank you for being patient. A bit longer time this morning, simply because there's just so much to share, so much to talk about. It was so good to share communion this morning too.
So, Father, I just thank you for every person today. Father, I just pray for any people who's just facing moments of anxiety today, maybe moments of struggle. The reality of this life wants to squeeze them into its mold. I just ask that today they'd be just, as they even worship right now, your presence would just come upon them. And they just start to know the flow of that peace and joy and hope in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, you're here right now. There's people just feeling, they're not quite sure of the future that they're going to walk into. I want to tell you, just Holy Spirit, just bring you peace, joy. Someone's got decisions this week they've got to make that are reasonably important decisions. As you would spend time, I tell you what, God just says, come on, just, just sing a song, worship, whatever it may be. Spend time, just focus. It's amazing how you'll be so better equipped to make the right decision. To make the right decision. Some of you are struggling with somebody at work. You know, it's amazing as you just spend time in God's presence. Let His presence be, and, and, and you know, come. And, and it's amazing how you'll be able to just cope with being able to talk and relate to that person. His presence. If you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of what the Bible says is tongues, I just invite you just to start to worship Him. If, and the truth is, if you need that and, and you're not quite sure... I can support you. Um, Tuesday night, we come for a prayer meeting. We worship. We're going to pray. I, I invite you. Come along. We'll, we'll just pray. I'll spend some time. We'll pray together. But there's one thing you've got to do. You've got to come with desire because you've got no desire. Nothing happens. Nothing happens with that desire. But Father, I thank you for every person here today. They're precious. If, if we, we know you, Lord Jesus, we have your Holy Spirit in us. Thank you. We're not any less of a person without the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But the truth is you want to give us more of yourself. We're more of what you are with the baptism. So we thank you, God. We commit ourselves to you in Jesus' name. Come on, let's just worship one more time today, church.